welcome into the Irish NFL show. It is week nine of the NFL season. If you're listening to this, you're getting ready for week nine Sunday in the NFL. Uh, presented by Cassidy Travel. Delighted to welcome in Colm Cronin. Uh, welcome back, Brian O'Leary. Colm, first off, how's the form? All good. Uh, difficult to believe that we're going after this weekend will be beyond the halfway mark of the season. It tells you just how quickly it goes and a season full of surprises thus far I think we will see one or two more uh, on Sunday Brian welcome back in how are you getting on thanks guys I'm back from my, my mini boy is that what they, they call it in the NFL where you're not officially on a bye week uh, Giants and Broncos on a bye week this week both having had differing results last weekend but uh, as Colin has alluded to there's some Cracking games this weekend and genuinely um, I've gone back and forth on quite a few in terms of what my selections are. I'd be interested to see if, how many we agree with this evening. And at the time of recording it's a Thursday and I am going to do this new thing tonight. I've got like a klaxon here. A vet hit klaxon. We're locking everything in tonight. So, yeah, we're, we're going to lock our picks in and if oh, Ryan Tannehill right? suddenly starts on Sunday we're locking them in. We're just going to gamble and go for it. Um, I actually didn't realise the Giants were on a bye week Brian um, it's one of those weeks where there's a few teams on and off but they're only and we'll talk about this down the stretch there's only two games in a 9 o'clock window which is going to be fun um, first, to first weekend where there's actually six six teams on a bye it's the the most in terms of teams not playing throughout the course of the past few weeks when, when the bye weeks came, came into action so kind of explains that to a large extent why there's only Two games in that kind of nine o'clock window on Sunday. Welcome into everybody watching. Welcome into everybody on the podcast. You're all very, very welcome. Great to have everyone along for, for week nine of the season. We're going to start off uh, with the first game we're going to look at, which is the four and three LA Chargers going up against the four and four Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Colin, this is the game. Um, you know, at, at this point in the season, when you're trying to when you're trying to find form, when you're trying to get a run together, it's it's a really important game for both for both teams. Broncos in the West on a bye week, Chiefs playing the Titans, and the Raiders having to go to Jacksonville. Uh, the Chargers need to take advantage of this game as well. Yeah, this is one of those games where if you uh, before the season started, I think people would have thought you know this should be the Chargers coming in here possibly much better than than four and three and red hot favorites against a, a Falcons team who were expected to struggle but that is not how it has played out thus far for the Chargers it's the same old problems unfortunately Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert but they don't have the receiving um, talent that due to injuries in part but also they they lack a real uh, speedster um keenan allen is down now with a, a hamstring injury which um has come up again in in the bye week and they can't stop the run and that is uh, once again um a real um issue for the the chargers um this uh, if there if there is um to be, I suppose, something that um, that should really concern the Falcons. It's the fact that NFL teams are 0-7 this season in their first game after facing the Panthers. 
Nobody who has played the Panthers has been able to win a game afterwards. doesn't matter whether you beat the Panthers. doesn't matter whether you lose to the Panthers. Once you play the Panthers, you lose the week after. Oh, and it doesn't matter if you're on a bye. It still carries over. Um, so that is uh, an interesting thing to, to keep an eye on, I think. Um, I, I think the Falcons will cause all sorts of problems for this Chargers team. Uh, I think the Chargers without Keenan Allen um, are much lesser of uh, an attacking threat. I think having Cordell Patterson uh, back is a a huge boost to this Falcons team. Um, And if, um, if I was, you know, to pick it purely on where I think it'll go, I would go... Um, with the Falcons, that that kind of mini curse is the thing that gives me pause. I just think the Chargers have been so cursed on um, with injuries on all sides of the ball. It doesn't look like, from what I'm hearing, Joey Bosa will be back, although he is week to week, I hear. Um, but no Bosa, no Keenan Allen, um, and um, Justin Herbert playing with banged up ribs. Um I, I'm going to say that the the, char- the Chargers are still a couple of weeks away from getting their season back on, on track, and I'll go with the Falcons in this one. Get that klaxon in there going, Michael, already. Early doors in this uh, week's show. Um, the tale of two Oregon, former Oregon quarterbacks, one with little expectation going into the season and one with so much expectation. One is delivering, you would say, bearing in mind what the expectation was for the Falcons. The other, for me, isn't delivering. Um, you would probably put that down to the, the amount of injuries. Uh, Mike Williams is supposed to be a speedster, as Colin Malou said, in terms of they haven't got one. He's out for the foreseeable. Um, I said on the show a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this offense, Keenan Allen's one bang away from being out again. But well, there we are, he's out again. So it doesn't come as a surprise. I was looking at the stats today in the running game. Like, um, Patterson, who's been out for three weeks, has 340 yards and 300, oh, sorry, and 300 touchdowns, three touchdowns. And Eckler, who's the most efficient runner for the uh, Chargers, has 380 yards. He's only 40 yards more, and he's played four more games. And it just goes to show where this Chargers offense is for me. They're relying on players such as Carter, Palmer, Everett, the tight end. Who seems to want to get out of games quickly as he as he's in there after having after he does a catch on a particular play. Um, I think this is a welcome relief for for the running game of the Falcons to have Patterson coming back because they're going against one of the worst running defense in the league. And I'm with Colin. I'm I'm siding with the Falcons here. Um, I'm not going to buy into this course. Let's put it down as the Halloween course, and that's gone now. Um, the Falcons for me will find a way on Sunday, like they did last Sunday, to get over the line and go five and four, and stay top of the division. Hard to believe. Uh, Mark is picking the Falcons this weekend. Uh, that's Mark. Mark C. Mark C. Uh, it's pretty easy for me. This is lock of the week for me, lads. Falcons uh, had the second worst defense. They gave up nearly 420 yards a game, um, and they're the fourth worst in passing yards per game. So I'm picking the Chargers minus eight on the handicap. And I love already how we're completely off. This is nuts. I mean, like they've got plenty. I wouldn't say Justin Herbert is uh, underperforming. I think the people around them are. I I, I think Steely really needs to improve, but no, I mean, the Chargers are winning this game easily on Sunday. Easily. Um, but nice. I mean, at least we're all not on the same page. I t- uh, everyone I think has it, picked the. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, in terms of underperforming, maybe that is a bit irrational to say that, but I do think of the game that's going to happen against the Broncos, 
where he had no reason not to play well that night and the Broncos defense held him in check and there's been quite a few games and maybe it is this injury which I has think been the lingering the injury, the Jags game. Yeah. Yeah. I think the injury is probably more serious than they're even making out, Brian. Yeah, but what can they do? They've got to roll the dice. What's the alternative? Is it Chase Daniel? That's the alternative. Got to roll yeah. the dice and try and get to the wild card at this point, I would say. Uh, w- one team that is trying to get to the wild card because, sweet Jesus, Colin, if they get to the wild card, they're in with a serious chance of getting to Arizona in February is the Miami Dolphins because their offense on any given Sunday is unbelievable. When Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, River Craig, I mean, do I need to keep naming players? Basically, that is the best offense in the league when everyone is okay. Uh, they're going up against the Bears this week who brought in Chase Claypool on the trade deadline um, I haven't actually and I haven't been on a broadcast with Brian anyway since uh, the Bears Patriots situation I think this uh, in on the last uh, two Monday Night Footballs ago um, and the Bears done excellent there but the reality is it's Chicago Bears um, and I don't want to give my pick away yet shout out to everybody going to the big watch party in Barcelona you flying over to that column this weekend it's going to be uh, Moy importante shout out to El Coach as well um, the game's in Chicago column big game for Tua trying to get back to full fitness after the concussion you can see him he's almost there and this offense is ready to rock and roll who have you got in this game? Um, what I will say is Justin Fields they finally leaned into it took a, a season and a half it took two coaches but they're finally leaning into what he do, does well um, one of the the worst QBs uh, in the league for the first four weeks. Um, over the past four, he's been one of the best, and that has got to give the the Bears hope. But um, the problem is the everything else around him, um, particularly on the defense, and obviously losing huge two uh, two huge pieces in Roquan and and uh, Robert Quinn. So um, the, you, you've talked, Michael, and, and I. Uh, would agree to a large extent in terms of like the explosiveness certainly of this offense and Tua has proved I think people wrong I saw a stat that said Tua is 36 of 50 on third down 72 percent almost 500 yards seven touchdowns zero interceptions passer rating of 142.7 it's the highest on third down through the first eight weeks since they began tracking it in 1991. When you have the weapons that he has um, and the explosiveness and the way in which that causes enormous concern to defences, you would always fancy the Dolphins. I think for what the Bears would like is probably to score 25 points for Justin Fields and Chase Claypool to look great and ultimately to lose the game, to give them a higher pick in the draft. It's not about this season for the Bears. It's about building for the future. I think we're going to see second half of the season whether they've found um, their franchise guy, but I have the Dolphins get the win here. Yeah, I couldn't have to admire the Bears. Luke Getsky, the offense coordinator, the last two weeks, they got the win in New England. But last week against the Cowboys, I mean, their offense played really well in the game. And they do have some explosive players there, and it'd probably be complimenting there with Claypool coming in and Collins right there. Look, like you can see now that they're trying to adjust the offense to to suit the skill set of Justin Fields, which is good to see. And it's probably it's a it's a significant eight or nine games for the Bears leading up to the next year's draft because the reality is the way they're going, they are going to be drafting high in the draft, and they'll have to make that decision whether they want to be 
looking at one of these quarterbacks next year or essentially making potentially be in a position where someone someone else will want to trade up. Was a little bit surprised that they went for Claypool. Bearing in mind what happened over the past week with the two players leaving, it looked like they were very much thinking ahead to next April on the draft. So to allow that one of those picks to go immediately in the second round pick for the wide receiver who um okay he was a hot, he was a hot commodity on the <clears throat> because of the trade week this week, but I don't think he's done enough in in Pittsburgh, so I think the jury's still out on Claypool. Maybe it will, probably will turn out to be a good player and a good signing. I think for this game, it's going to be similar to last week. I think the Bears' offense will play quite well, but with the players and the constraints they have on defense, they're not going to live with the staff and the team. Two, it was 382 yards last week. Three touchdowns. Hill, 188 yards. Waddle, 108 and two touchdowns. The only concern I can say is we've seen two go into adverse conditions and play Probably where he's, he's more comfortable in dome and nice weather. I'm not sure what the weather is going to be in Chicago on Sunday, but for me, I'm with Colm. I'm sure we're all going to be leaning the same way here. It's a Dolphins win for me. Mark is picking the Dolphins. Michael is picking the Dolphins. Um, Justin Fields done really well. He put, put up, what, 29 against the the Cowboys last week, and that will, I, I know we'll get to speak about the Cowboys at some point. Uh, the really interesting thing in this game will be the, the pressure that the that the Bears put on to the Dolphins. Dolphins are sort of mid around the NFL in terms of their fair down efficiency. So um, I just don't see there being an issue. I, I, I can't see the upset here. I, I can't see a situation where we're with five minutes to go and there's seven to ten points in the game. I think the Dolphins will pull away early and they'll, they'll win comfortably. And frankly, it's a game in which Miami needs to win to go to six and three. And it's a game in which you need to win to continue to stay up in that AFC wildcard race because they're not winning their division in the month of Sundays so uh, good luck to the Dolphins this weekend good luck to the Bears this weekend uh, it's a full house in that one um, some people have described this game column as a trap game of the week the Panthers going to the Bengals um, Bengals very very poor on the run on Monday night uh, obviously I made a complete agent of myself picking the, the Bengals and saying that the Browns didn't have a chance uh, I mean for what it's worth like the Bengals didn't really show up I mean I don't really take this whole lack of Jamar Chase thing uh, any more than what it should be they've plenty of players there in the offense I understand he's a, an excellent player but you can't expect to rely on one player when you're Joe Burrow going for 400 yards the week before you know you've plenty of different players there both on the run game and with wide receivers tight ends uh, I, I don't buy it personally and, and they're going to have an opportunity this week to go out against the Panthers and show what they're really worth uh, and that, the offensive line as well is is going to be interesting for the Panthers I know you've talked Colin about PJ Walker this week so um, it's an interesting game especially if the Panthers get off to a decent start on Sunday yeah um, I, and particularly because the Panthers have a, a decent running game I mean even moving on from uh, Christian McCaffrey um, the, the backups have done a really good job and the Bengals have really struggled against the run so unless the Bengals get off to a, a hot start then they could be in for a long afternoon um, the uh, I know Michael you're saying like one player shouldn't make a difference but he does because he's that talented and he forces teams to double team him um, teams haven't yet r- figured out um, Jamar Chase talked about it on the show a, a few weeks ago in terms of there might come to be a point where teams sort of figure out what to do but I would back on him to be able to adjust to, to that 
talked about it in terms of Randy Moss. If you look at the way when Randy Moss first came into the league and that first season, <laughs> no one had seen anything like him. It was insane. And then defenses adjusted and Randy Moss found a way to, well, be Randy Moss. I would back Jamar Chase to, to do that too. And I think the loss of him is, is enormous. Even if you have the talent around him, when he came into the team last year, it completely changed them. Um, I think this is a big game for the Bengals in terms of they need to get things back on track because they were just so bad and kind of in, you know inexplicably bad almost against the Browns. So that 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 is a problem, and I think it, it's a real problem because I think they don't match up particularly well against this Panthers team because the Panthers are playing with house money, right? They've got an interim head coach. Um, they, they're, they're looking much better. They've already decided to move on from Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Um, the team looks very relaxed. Um, if, if Jamar Chase was, was there, I would say, you know, the Bengals probably would have beaten the Browns and would beat the Panthers. Without Jamar Chase, I can, I can see the Panther, Panther squeaking it. I think we're in the mid season part, um, part where, you can get some funny results before kind of you get teams really making a push. Like we saw the Bengals right at the end of last year, really get it together and make a real push. We've often seen teams do that, but that doesn't usually happen until kind of maybe week 11 or week 12 when teams suddenly really realize, way we need to get this together and get the show on the road. I'm going to go with another upset in this. I'm going to say the, the Panthers get a surprise win. There you go. I'll strengthen Colm's case even more. Um, the Bengals secondary. Jeez, um, I, I don't know how I'm going to pronounce this one. I'll go with Ozuzi. Ozuzi's out for the season. He's their number one uh, marquee secondary player. Trey Flowers is uh, injured and not expected to play. Eli Apple is injured and not expected to play. The two corners uh, on each each side is going to be Taylor Britt and Dax, Daxon Hill, two rookies. They're going to lean into them. You've got DJ Moore, who has really come on in the last few weeks and you know, I'm sure you just got into it on Monday night about his catastrophe at the end of the game, but can't take away from a fabulous player player that he is and the play at the end was, was fantastic. They're gonna give him some some problems on Sunday. Callum Tom with the Panthers run game, don't they form 118 yards in the last two games, three touchdowns last weekend. They've got the players, they've got the weapons to upset this Bengals team. A Bengals team which we were saying was getting their act together on the offensive line, but it, it recited back to what we were used to seeing last Monday night. It was really poor. God, I can see why Colin's going to Panthers, but I'm going to side with the Bengals. Um, but I'm not comfortable about this pick. I think it'll be a really close one, and I can I can see why it could be a shock. But I think with Boyd, Higgins, Mix, and get more involved in the screen passes and passing game, that they'll just find a way to get over the line. But I'll go with the Bengals. Just granted. Uh, well, Mark Mark C is picking the Bengals. Granted, uh, there's been a quarterback change or two or four in Carolina over the last few weeks. Um, the Rams put up 24 points on them. The Rams, the worst offense statistically in the NFL at the minute on numerous different uh, metrics. Um, a lot of those points were late, Michael. Late in the game. They still put them up. They held them up. Well, they held, held if, I, if, if my wife said to me, have dinner ready for five, and I started at 10 to five, and she didn't know it started at 10 to five, it's still ready for five. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't know any different. Uh, Niners, but how Christian McCaffrey put up 37. Uh, I, I, I get what you said, but last week, lads, I, I have the Bengals winning this game by... 
And I think the reason that is is because they really struggled on a run last week and they're going to find a way this week to get Joe Mixon into the game more. And I don't buy the Jamar Chase situation. You've got T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd. You find a way to win this game. You went to the bloody Super Bowl eight months ago. Make it happen. The Panthers are in no way, shape or form ready to beat a team like this. And I'm not counting the game against the Bucks. It was an embarrassment. And we have to watch Tom Brady turn up in his pot noodle outfit next Sunday in Munich. First world problems. Marcus picking the Bengals. Um, the next game that we're going to talk about. Sorry to all the Panther fans in Ireland. I know there's at least at least 15. And these are all good lads. Uh, Packers. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. 3-5 three, three Green Bay Packers against the 1-6 and six Detroit Lions column. Aaron Rodgers, I feel like we're just saying this every week now. When, when, when are they going to wise up and actually get a receiver? Oh, that's right, the trade deadline passed on Tuesday. When are they going to wise up and get the ball down the field in an efficient sense? We're still waiting for it after that Giants game. They were standing in the presser saying they were going to change things, they were going to do things differently. They've lost, what, four in a row? Um, the Lions, 1-6. and six very very disappointing for them but you know I think they need to sort of stead the ship there and see what they're getting TJ Hawkins has went to the Vikings and I'm really intrigued to hear this pick from everybody bring it on um I I mean look I I think if if the Packers were potentially playing you know most other teams this week I'd, I'd go against them um because they have been incredibly disappointing uh, again, you know, they, it, it, nothing nothing has worked for them. I saw Dan Olowski, uh tweet maybe yesterday saying that they had um, the the most uh, first and second uh, round draft picks on defense, play the most number of sta- snaps uh, this season thus far, and the defense has been terrible. Um, you know, they they have they haven't really come up clutch at any point and. All the talk in the offseason or the preseason was this was going to be the best off defense that Aaron Rodgers had played with. Um, they were going to be able to carry the lack of the wide receivers. They would allow the youngsters to get in because they'd be able to lean on the defense, lean on the defense, lean on the defense. Um, but the, the issue is they're going up against a, a Lions team who... Um, I mean, if we're talking about the the Rams' offense statistically being bad, the Lions' defense, the worst in points per game, the worst in yards per game, the worst in yards per play, the worst in terms of allowing third-down conversion. They are a shambles. Nothing has gone right for them. Um, They're the number two uh, overall pick in the draft was... (laughs) Uh, Tron Armistead, one-handed, um, just hold, holding him at bay. Nothing, nothing has gone right for the um, the Lions. Um, if uh, the only thing is, if you have uh, Amaras St. Brown, um, happy days because they traded away their um, tight end, and they again are looking towards next year. Um, I, I, I think the Packers squeaked this. But this is this could be a worse than the Broncos versus the Colts. Just another point to Column's stats on how poor the Lions defense has been. It's been recognized this week because Dan Campbell has made two coaching changes with his defensive staff. He's finally seen enough of what's been going on in the field and he's got rid of two. And then Brad Holmes, the GM, comes out after the trade of Hawkinson and says, If we were six and one, we still would have we still would have done the deal. No, you're already thinking 
uh, the next season. You're already recognising the season's gone. Um, where are the bright spots for the Packers offence? Well, Dobbs had a, is is a good rookie and he's done quite well so far. And Torre, the uh, wide receiver who's got the touchdown on Sunday, has slowly started to emerge as someone who didn't expect much from fifth round pick. So there is some bright spots there. Yeah, it's very been very inconsistent. They haven't lost five games in a row in 14 years. This is a blowout for me, actually. I think the Packers are going to finally, finally find their feet offensively and no better game against a very average and very poor Lions team uh, defensively. It's an easy, comfortable win for the Packers to get them so it's back to four and five and back in the hunt for a wild card because there won't be a division this year. They'd be lucky at the minute to get a wild card. They were the NFC's going. Um, Mark Marksy is picking the Packers. Uh, I'm taking the Packers and I'm taking under 24.5 points in this game. I think this game's going to be crap on Sunday. In total? That being said, yeah. Okay. I do. It's going to be crap. Aaron Rodgers can't get the ball down the field. Man. He's nobody to throw it to, and he argues he argues with all his wide receivers. All right, you know, look, okay, let me be more distinct. The Packers will score under 18.5 points on Sunday. Well, then, if that's the case, then they really are bad because this Lions defense is shambles. Let's be honest. The Lions, the Lions offense, like, so, like, the Lions defense is a shambles, but the Lions offense could, like, I'm going to get a couple of touchdowns on Sunday. And it could turn into a whole shootout. Um, I I will I will put it this way, and we we really need we 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 need to jump on because we've another eight games to talk about here. Um, if they lose to the Lions on Sunday, Lafleur should be fired. GM should be fired. Somebody needs to go because <laughs> they're done. If they lose to the Lions, I don't know what you're laughing about, lads. If they lose to that Lions team, a one and six Lions team, somebody needs to go. One hundred percent. Do you think Lafleur is last in the season if it goes at the minute? Matt Lafleur had the greatest three-season start to the to an NFL coaching career ever. Like his, they they lost nine games in three. See, they're thirteen and three, thirteen and three, thirteen and three. Their issues certainly exist, and you can certainly ask questions of the organization. You could certainly ask questions of Aaron Rodgers. They when you take. Listen, we, Michael, we talked about this last night. The reason Brady and the Patriots were so successful, he was willing to take the, the haircut. Now, people might say, hey, he had a, a supermodel wife who was earning hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, absolutely. But it's the same as, you know, all every team finds out. Once you have a QB who earns top dollar, you have to cut down on everything else. Eventually, that comes to bite you. But you can't get rid of Matt Lafleur for one bad year when essentially the GM... And and everyone else, an NFL head coach is not like a manager. You don't get a say in the personnel. You got to deal with the hand that's given you. I would I would say I would be looking seriously at their defensive coordinator because, as I said earlier, that's been the most disappointing unit in the entirety of the NFL. Somebody needs to go this week, whether it's a DC, OC, GM. Somebody needs to go this week. If this is any other team in the in the AFC, if it was the Bills, like in in this situation, forget about this, the record they've had the last two years, the situation which we've, we've sat through, crap in March and April about Aaron Rodgers throwing the toys out of the pram, both on Joe Rogan and the contract situation, and now he's fighting with his wide receivers and his tight ends. It's embarrassing, and the way they played in London, when they should have won the game, and they, they didn't deserve to win the game, like the the Giants' defense was excellent at the end. If you think of where that ball was, and what's happened since in the last month. This is the shambles in Green Bay. It's in bar- they don't deserve to go to the playoffs as it stands. It's, a, it's an absolute shambles. And somebody needs to genuinely pay for that. Whether that's this week. But I'm saying, hypothetically, if they lose against the Lions. 
In the same way, if Hackett lost last week, I would say he'd need to go. There are teams at the minute that are on the edge. Um, and I certainly think if they were to go the way, if they were to lose another four or five games this season, there would be serious questions asked of Lefleur at the end of the season. I think that's a very fair point to make because that would mean they've lost, what, 10 games in the season? Forget about the, the fact it's the Packers. Fans wouldn't accept that. So it's just one thing to say. And uh, maybe we can talk about it whenever the Lions win 21-19 to on Monday night. Let's see. Can I make a quick hey, what, point? If, if the Lions win, we'll open the show. On, can I make two quick points? Yeah, yeah, go for it. They shouldn't have won in London because they didn't score one point in the entirety of the second half. So well, that's ab- one absolutely. It was, it, was, it was a shambles, Brian. I mean, you, you lads were weeks. in the... Yeah, but you lads were in the the Giants presser and Lafleur was well, yeah, we'll, we'll get the sex for next yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> the point I was going to, second point I was going to make was if they lose this, they're three and six. And if, if you come through the wild card situation now, and now we're, we're talking wild cards and, and it's only week nine, but the team has four, four defeats is in the seventh spot, which I believe is the, the 49ers at four and four. So there'll still only be two games now of a wild card. And I, I know it's, it's probably, What's, there, what's on paper and what's actually happened in front of us on the field is very different because the reality is they'll have to run the table at some stage to get in with an opportunity for a wild card. But it's too early to be dismissing playoff chances, I believe. They've still got some great talent there, but it has to start, it has to start soon and it has to start Sunday. I'm not sure who do you, <clears throat> who do you play the following week. Maybe someone knows or someone can check that out, but um, this is the week they have to get it going. I believe they will, but you're right. I can see why the pressure will continue. The ramp up on the coaching staff if they don't get a win. Good discussion. Now I'm going to even I, go I, further. I, I'm, old, I'm old enough to remember Manchester United finishing third twice in a row under under Alex Ferguson after all the success and people questioning. I don't think Matt Lafleur is. What's is success Alex Matt Lafleur had? What what's what, what's Matt Lafleur? Well, he's Michael. He's there three years. Three yeah. years. Thirty two championship games. And and how many of them did they win? I just yeah Lads, I started you need the year they won the Super Bowl the last time. <clears throat> and now thirty one, married four years, and the same quarterbacks there. So let's you know Oh we, we, we can we, we can have it we can have an Aaron Rodgers discussion, absolutely. Let's let's have uh, let's absolutely. have that let's have a discussion about QBs take t- undermining themselves and undermining their teams by demanding Supermax contracts. They play the Cowboys. Oh, I'd love a next Supermax week. They play the Cowboys next week. God help them. If they don't win this right. game, right? Uh, they, well, it's, it's a must-win game because they're going to go three and three and seven, uh, and that's <laughs> crap because they're going to miss that game next week. Uh, right. Anyway, anyway, Colin, not not to get you fired up, but we're going to talk about the Raiders and the Jags next. Uh, we've seen Trevor Lawrence play in person last week. If he continues to play like this over the course of a, of a season, would you consider him to be in the conversation of being a bust? Because I, I, I got a text last week going, Trevor Lawrence is not helping himself. And I have to say, to be at the one-yard line last week and to throw that pass, me and Brian could have tagged up high and just done that. I mean, that was atrocious. Well, it was, it, it was, an, it was an awful play call. Yes. Like, that, that is, that is uh, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And e- even on fourth down, run the ball. Uh, it, it 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 was insane. I don't know why they th- threw the ball. That it was it was stupid. Now it was a poorly executed play. Don't get me wrong, um, but you you they should never have been throwing it. These look these are two really disappointing teams. And in terms of Trevor Lawrence, Michael, I would say you have to give the guy three years. But he has underwhelmed. And I think that what's really concerning 
um, for the Jags is particularly the the red zone play um, where he has really, really struggled. At times he has moved it, but he hasn't had, I, I, I don't remember, um, and, you know, I'm sure there are Jags fans will say, hey, I, I remember the games, but I don't remember a, a game where he had four quarters together that were wow. He has absolutely had quarters where he's looked great. He's had halves where he's looked great. But I haven't seen a game where I have, where he's translated what he did in college. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely has disappointed the Raiders that have disappointed massively. Um, I think you can make a case for both of these um, teams winning it. But the most consistent player on both of these rosters is the Raiders kicker. Daniel Carlson, who is one of just two kickers in the NFL this year to be 100% when attempting 10 or more field goals. I think he is probably going to be the difference in this game. I have the Raiders just about winning it. Brian, are you still picking the Raiders for the West? Or I'm still picking the Chargers. I'm not pick- I never picked them for the West in the first place, Michael. I, pick- I picked them for a wild card. I picked them for a wild card. I didn't pick them to win the division. There's more chance of you going on lately at Toy Show than there is at the Raiders getting yeah, the well, wild card. That can happen as well. I think I've got a couple of spare tickets. I've applied. Our... I actually applied this year for tickets. <laughs> I don't tell the wife. I haven't heard back yet. So if anyone is watching from Radio Television, hook your boy up. Well, it'll probably be more, it'll be more entertaining in this game. The reality. Well, it will be but... a Toy Show on Sunday, won't it? It'll be a joke. They didn't score well, look, a point last week. It, it the Trevor Lawrence thing, it's 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 easy to say, oh, it's the head coaches causing the problems. But genuinely, you haven't watched the, the Giants the past two weeks because they played the Giants and then played the Broncos last Sunday. It is the head coach causing the problem. Like Travis at the end ran for 156 yards last week. The Broncos couldn't stop him throughout the course of the game. The Giants couldn't stop him the week before that. That's how how electric he is. He's a great. He's he's finally. We're finally seeing he was out last year. We're finally seeing why he was selected so highly coming out of Clemson. And you, that, that drive was was marred by poor play calling, in my opinion, yeah. But the player, as I said, it wasn't executed correctly either by Lawrence. But Lawrence is just too inconsistent. Um, and there's, there's times where they should lean on the running game a little bit more. They don't. But the Raiders are an absolute... It's a, it's a, it's a, what's the, is it a shit show, should we say that? Is that are we... Are we a, beyond the threshold to say things like that. Like I mean, we, you know, p- people are going to be listening at six in the morning the way to work, Brian, and I think well, you're going to have to apologise to okay, people. I, I apologise. It's, um, it's very difficult, I can imagine, <laughs> a Raiders fan to understand what's going on because they go to the Chiefs, they score 29 points, they go for two-point conversion to win to win the game as opposed to taking overtime. The following week, they put up a huge points on uh, Texans. Uh, to, to go in the void, play the Texans, then they play last week and you have Derek Carr having... Seven drives where he doesn't go beyond the 50-yard line. Worst game of his career. Uh, he throws for 101 yards. Devontae Adams catches one reception for three yards in the game. They then stay in Florida for the week. They don't go back to Vegas. They stay in Florida because they want to get used to the heat and get ready for this game. It's a, it's a strange one because the Jags have played six games now where they've been defeated by one score. They haven't won one of those games. So when it's a close game, you can lean against the other team. Josh Allen hasn't had a sack for four games in a row, which probably led into why people felt he might have got traded this week because he just hasn't shown the production what we've seen over the past couple of years since he came into the league. I'm going to go Jags. I think the Jags might find a way this week. At the end, I don't think the Raiders have struggled against the run game. I think maybe they'll recognise this week at the end as the key player and not Lawrence and just lean on him time and time. What works, don't change it. Stick with him and <clears throat> you might get over line, but it's a difficult one to, to call. I can understand why. Colin McGovern, the Raiders, I'll, I'll lean Jacks. 
Uh, Mark is going with the Raiders. Uh, Marksy. Do ditch, Marksy? Uh, I'd like to thank Shad Khan for the wonderful scarf that we were presented with last week. Uh, gonna... it's, it's never leaving that desk anyway, that's for sure. Um, thank you for the wonderful letter, Shad. Um, it just means so much. And there were so many Jaguars fans in London last week, Colin, wasn't there? Um, oh, well, sorry, I had a bit uh, of crack some, in there. Some people, some oh, people were apparently counted more Jags jerseys on the tube than Broncos jerseys, but maybe they got lost uh, on the you, way to the stadium. Are you shouting Will Gavin out live? He's, he's probably not watching, so it's fine. Um, I will. Um, yes, um, I was. Yeah, I think they've definitely suffered with COVID. That fan group in the UK, I do have to. I really do think that because it was way more orange our last week. Anyway, who cares about that? We're talking about this game this week. Um, Josh McDaniels. Oh dearie, dearie me. Oh dearie, dearie me. Uh, Al Davis saying he is looking forward to having him as a head coach for years to come. Please keep her lit, Al. Keep her lit. Sweet Jesus. To not score a point last week is embarrassing. Uh, and the Jags are winning this game on Sunday. Um, they'll run. They'll find a way. Christian Kirk will get a touchdown. And they'll win by three points. But we will then have to start having a discussion maybe in two or three weeks time about the Raiders and about the huge contract that was handed out to Devontae Adams about that big move the defence I mean outside of Max Crosby who's performing Derek Carr where's he playing I mean we, 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 we have to have these discussions and I'm sure we will but uh, very very poor so far this season and frankly very surprisingly poor uh, another team that's been very very poor is the 3-4-1 and one Indianapolis Colts who replaced their quarterback two weeks ago or last week going to New England to play the Patriots 4-4 four and four. Um, Colin I am picking the Patriots in this game who are you picking? I, I think the, the question for the Colts might be um, how much do they miss Nick Sirianni? Because they have not looked like the same team since uh, Nick headed off to the Eagles. And obviously, big moves um, this week. The You mentioned, Michael, the, the new QB, the OC being fired. It's interesting because Stephen Holder, obviously, is a guy who's covered the team for a long time. And... <laughs> He's been shocked repeatedly this year. Um, they're not gonna. They they're not gonna make this move, and then then they do make that move. We you know a few weeks ago we don't need to have a discussion about Matt Ryan, and then they move on from Matt Ryan. They're not gonna move on from the OC. Well, they have, and and I think a lot of that is because just it hasn't worked, and Frank Reich um, is trying to save his job. The like Jonathan Taylor, from what I understand, is not going to play in this game um, because he, he's out injured again. Um, while the, the Patriots haven't been super impressive, um, Bill Belichick enjoys playing against rookie QBs, making their lives difficult. And I think the Patriots will have enough to get the victory. You left another one out there, Colin. They're not going to trade Nadine Hines. They trade Nadine Hines. So, uh, yeah, look, I'm with Colin and, and, and yourself, Michael. I, I do expect the Pages to win. The Pages have the most uh, takeaways in the league this season of all defences. 16 from eight games. Three last week against the Jets. Uh, offense which struggled and Zach Wilson struggled. And they're going to play Zam Erdinger, who didn't really do a lot last Sunday against a, a strong Washington defence. Mac Jones had a steady game last week. 24 for 25. 194 on touchdown. Stevenson is really the mar- is now the marquee player. 
about rushing and receiving. You know, he's had really efficient games. I think this is a, a slow border. Yeah, not a great game. It won't be a high-scoring game, but I think the Patriots will will ease into, will ease a victory ever. Mac Jones is like a packet of cocoa noodles. It's not quite super noodles, but it's not like Tesco value noodles. And that's all I'm going to say about Mac Jones. And I, I again, we're, no, bit, no, we're, we're, so, we're all being some proven right. Some happy with that. We are all being proven right because I, I called him out at the start of the season and he's uh, been pretty average, pretty buying, bloody average so far this season. Um, Mark is picking the Colts. On Sunday, no, he's, no, he's not. not. He's, he's picking the he's picking the Patriots. Uh, there's there's more chance of the uh, of the pre mark building in Belfast or Penny's building in Belfast closing down again than there is of Mark not picking the Patriots. Apparently, it's really busy in Belfast. Maybe we could do a show from there at some point, lads. That would be nice if you want to drive up here at some point this year. Uh, Bill six and one, Jets five and three. Column Zach Wilson last week had three hundred and fifty two yards or three hundred and fifty five yards passing two touchdowns but three interceptions and not like it, it sort of took away from the game for him because outside of the interceptions 20 of 41 completions it's sad that I actually remember that isn't it like this is how my life is getting to now if he can just find a way to you know just be just be better don't throw so many picks I'd be more confident in the play they actually might have a decent team but the reality is it's the Jets the Jets really were up for this game last week against the Patriots they lose uh, and now they're going up against the Bills and I'm just going to jump in right now and say that um, the Bills are scoring over 40 points in this game and New Jersey will be empty half empty by half time and I look very much forward to it seeing the uh, the shenanigans from Bills Mafia uh, 41-10 final what about you, Colin? I I really like a, a lot of what the Jets have done outside of the, the QB. But as I've said with others, I think you have to give him the, the three years. But the concern with Wilson is it's a lot of the same issues. And um, his time to throw has actually increased this year. That is one of the things that you usually see decrease. Rookies come in, they hold it too long because um, they're not they're not used to the game, but it, it usually speeds up. And, and you've seen that, you know, with Justin Fields. Um, at, for, for Wilson, there are things that he does very well, but under pressure, he just, he, he falls to, to pieces. Um, I think Daniel Jeremiah in, in ways, Put it really well. Um, he he tweeted: Zach Wilson is spending eighty percent of his time trying to create and twenty percent of his time being a distributor. That needs to flip for him to find some consistency and success. And I, I think that's it. He's he's trying too hard. Um, he has really good players um, there. Obviously, losing Brees Hall is um, going to impact on them throughout the season because he was just so dynamic. But they still have a lot of good. Um, players there he, he's just trying for me he's trying the Hollywood ball he's trying the spectacular all too frequently trying to get the the killer pass all the time instead of dumping it off living to fight another day um, I, I don't know if the Bills have, will put 40 up because uh, I like the, the Jets defense um, but I do believe the the Bills will win this game and it will uh, it'll be interesting to see if the changes that the Bills made uh, running back will um, lead to greater success on the ground. Brian Marcus picking the Bills. Yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise. I'm, I'm going to pick the Bills as well. The intriguing battle for me in this game, um, we've spoke to Conor Rogers there a couple of weeks back and he was speaking so highly of Sauce Gardner and everybody's been very 
excited to see what he's doing so far. He's going to go up against Stefan Diggs on Sunday. Uh, that's an intriguing battle in this game. It'll be interesting to see how how well he can do against a marquee wide receiver like that. Maybe the more interesting side, the more fruitful side of the game might come on the other side where Gabe Davis will go up against DJ Reid. And we've seen where teams focus so much on, on Stefan Diggs like Gabe Davis usually is the marquee breakout player. Look, the Bills have only punted 11 times this season. That says it all. They seem to be able to score at will. Um, I don't think they'll score at will against this Jets defense. I think just Jets defense will find a way to slow them down, but I still don't think. And it's Zach Wilson. Like there's no the games in which they were winning. A lot of it was down to the fact that don't bend it and don't break. Don't don't do anything silly, and we'll find a way to win on defense. And when we when he does do something silly, inevitably they lose. Um, I'd say 27-10. Bills comfortable comfortable win for the Bills. A Bills Eagles or Bills Cowboys Super Bowl means none of us are getting in. You all realize that, yeah? We haven't a chance in hell of getting into that game, and it looks very likely at the minute. Um, okay, Bills best team in football, lads. At the minute, great to watch, and you know the fact that they the handicap last week was twelve and a half or eleven and a half against the Packers, and we're going, oh, they might get that, they might not get that. And they struggled in the second half and they still won the game by, what, 10 points? I think that says a lot about the Bills. It's, it's incredible. Uh, quick fire round. Just one game we're going to go for quick fire this week and that is the Vikings against the Commanders. Colin, I'm picking the Vikings. Vikings. Three weeks ago, comeback game for Ron Rivera going into uh, Chicago. He won. Two weeks ago, it was oh. the Tyler Heineke comeback game against the Packers. He won. Last week, it was the Terry McLaurin comeback game because he's from Indianapolis. They won. This week, it's Kirk Cousins coming back into Washington and Kevin O'Connell coming back into Washington. Commando's defense hasn't given up more than 21 points in the last four games. They've rebounded to what I thought that we were going to see against the Eagles. Commanders upset the Vikings on Sunday. And they went was four that, in a row. Was- it took it took eight row. games in for the uh, it took eight games in for the big look. Oof, pick. Um, and then they win Mark four is in picking the Vikings. And they go five and four, and they'll be the seventh seed. And every team in the NFC East will be in the playoffs if the season ended. Oh, Paul, could you imagine the Giants Commanders wild card game? I genuinely would rather take the TV in front of sort of. Well, it wouldn't be because we can't wild card can't play wild card. So. Well, Unless, not, not, not a wild card game, but like you know, yeah. it's been a long week. It has anyway, been a there long, you go. Commanders still upset the Vikings. Okay. Gino, Kyler, Modern Warfare 3, or whatever the new Call of Duty is called. I got it this week. It's not great, lads, to be fair. It takes ages to install as well. I guess I could ask Kyler that column. I can't find his gamer tag anywhere. Um, if it's like him, if, if I'm like him, I mean, I spent two or three hours in the first multiplayer mode, so I can only imagine how busy he's been this week. Um, if you want to add me, at MichaelMCQU. I, I lost the first account. It was at MichaelMCQ on the PS5. Colm, what, what's your PSN username? Uh, I I don't play uh, on ah, online. Yeah. I, I play I play the si- single player, playing a, a really interesting survival uh, game at the moment. But um, one team who is not survival um, and not busy playing Call of, Call of Duty, but busy collecting awards, is the Seattle Seahawks, who have you could say the- Gino Smith's been a bit tortured in the past column with some people thinking he's. Uh, you know, up he and was, down quarterback. He, he was indeed in the past, um, but not anymore. Offensive player of the month for October. They also have the offensive rookie of the month for October in uh, Kenneth Walker and the defensive rookie of the month, um, Tariq Bullen. 
safe to say the Seahawks had themselves an October. Um, they they were fantastic. Gino continues to be really, really impressive. Um, he has matured. Uh, anytime you hear, hear him speak, um, he's, he's really impressive. Uh, praises his, his teammates constantly and that defense has gotten better after uh, a really kind of poor start um they've tightened it up and this is a cards team who have run teams close um but just you know haven't been able to to find ways to to win and we've talked about it before a lot a lot of that the fact that they've been closing games has been individual moments of magic um, a lot of that from Kyler Murray. Yeah, Andrew Hopkins is back and he looks fantastic. But, you know, what, what is their identity? This is the issue, for, I, I think, for the Cardinals. Like, what is the offensive identity? What is the defensive identity? Um, I, I, I think that that is the biggest issue for them. Um, the Seahawks know who they are and what they're about. And for that reason, I am going to say the Seahawks and Geno Smith get another victory, but it'll be close. Brian, Mark C is picking the Seahawks. 91% of the play, sorry, 91% of the time in which the Cardinals have been on the field this season, they have been losing. They seem to find their way to get themselves behind early and then just can't seem to get, get themselves back in, you know, he saw it last week, played reasonably well against the Vikings, but they were down too, too much. They found it very difficult to get back. We've seen it in other games. Same against the Seahawks when they went into Seattle. They gave up on field goals and continuously went for fourth downs, which drives me bonkers because it was a field goal type of game. They gave up on three field goals, which would have been 19-18, and potentially who knows what would have happened. Um, Cliff Kingsbury came out this week and said, we're, we're only a couple of plays away from being the best offense in the league. Something to, the, to that extent. You know, I don't know why he's watching me because they're so off. And D-Hop has come back, and in fairness to D-Hop, he's come back 262 yards already, one touchdown. You can see why it'll be a bit of an, an upward turn in the offense, and we certainly saw for, you know, a proportion of the game last week against the Vikings. But right now, Pete Carroll, for me, is, you know, he's up there for coach of the league as well. Um, like, whilst he beat the Giants last week, one piece I really enjoyed, thought was really great was, I don't know if you saw the, the moment when he went over to Tyler Lockett because he had such a poor game. He dropped a number of passes, and then he had the fumble. Um, where he gave the ball away at the three yard line and he still ended up catching a touchdown towards the end of the game but during the game he went up to him put his arm around him and just said look your boy, your time will come that's you know you can see this team are rallying around the coach and that's been coming since the off season and I'm not surprised because I did feel that there would be a lot of shocks for this Seahawks team this year um, I certainly think they'll win on Sunday and go to 6-3 and three and we thought there'd be one team potentially at 6-3 and three going to Munich we certainly didn't think it'd be the Seahawks going into a uh, Play the books next week. Six and three. Seahawks win on Sunday. Um, Mr. Connolly, with my employer, has been talking about all these enhanced stats. And I can't remember the word that Ollie used earlier on. And I, I, I am saying this for a reason. Apparently, Gino Smith is like top five or something in the league in all these enhanced stats. So uh, I think he's he must be doing something, right? Huh? I think he's second. Second in all these. Second. Mm. I mean, I, I should know this. And I just watched tape. I mean, Gino's been, Gino's been really, really impressive. The, the thing about the, uh, the Cardinals, and you lads have said it, is they don't finish, uh, and they're so inconsistent. 
and also they got Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach and I mean that's that's a whole different conversation to be had there I just for some reason I, I have the Cardinals winning this game on Sunday and I just feel that their offense is going to turn it on a bit um, and I do think the Seahawks are going to have a few down weeks and I, I feel that they'll lose this week I think they'll win in Munich next week um, even though the NFL will probably want Brady to win I think the Bucs will go into Munich 3-6 and six, which is sad because Tom Brady should have walked away in January or in 2020 or in 2017 or in 2016 um, why not I'll take the Cardinals they're like minus 2 in the handicap close game bit of crack uh, and Gino to have an off day how's that yeah everybody else going with Seahawks up, yeah what I would what I would say Michael in fairness um, is like the first game in Seattle like the Cardinals defence put up a great game that day they held Seattle in check they only gave up 19 points they only gave up one touchdown in, in throughout the course of that game the Cardinals defence hasn't been the problem for a large part of the season it has been the offence if that defence plays in a similar manner to how they played in Seattle I can see why the Cards could win the game but I'm sticking with the hot hand right now they're going for four in a row sticking yeah. with a hot hand let's let's talk about another hot hand Let, let's talk about an old man not Brian not Mark not Colin uh not me. I, I'm in my thirties. To be fair, let's let, let's talk about Tom Brady. I'm joking. Let's Tom Brady uh, and the Bucks are three and five, and the Rams are three and four. Colm, I've already gave away my pick. The Rams' offense has been shocking this year, uh, and they can't really get a run game together. And Cam Akers, is he here? Is he there? He could be sitting in Oma for all we know, having a few slugs. But it's one of those things. Um, this is a really, really important game for both teams. They, they need to win on Sunday. Sean McVay really needs to win. And I, I have to say, I am sick of this whole retirement talk. Walk away. If you don't want to do it, walk away. And that goes for that, that goes for anything in life. The man is so young and he's won the Super Bowl. But to be in his job, some people would kill to be in, in his job. And all this crap about walking away. Grant, walk away. Are you scared, Sean? Can he not win it again? Like I, I like Sean McVeigh. I'm, I'm just sick of all this talk. Brady is washed. I haven't been on the show in two weeks. To, in, in my defence here, all right. Um, Brady's washed. He's divorced. Um, he is playing statistically average enough. It's not his fault that the people around him aren't. But an enhanced version of Tom Brady means, or a lack of an enhanced version of Tom Brady means that uh, they they can't get the ball down the field and call him outside of the Chiefs game where he scored three touchdowns passing touchdowns they've been absolute cow plop so I just don't see how the Bucks win this game on Sunday I am taking the Rams and I'm going to fire in Marks do we all do, do we want to guess who Mark picked I Mark. imagine the Mark went Mark went with the Bucks shall we say Mark is going with the 46 year old man living Mark's life slash dream Tom Brady and the Bucks call him and um, I would say that the main thing that the Bucks have in their favour this week, in all seriousness, is uh, the location of this game. Obviously, being in Tampa Bay. Um, what's your thoughts on this game? Both of these teams, I think, are are very similar um, because, yeah, in Tom Brady, you have the all the retirement talk. We you've mentioned the retirement talk that surrounds Sean McVay. I don't think that helps either team um, when you when your quarterback. You know, you're wondering how committed is he when you're a head coach? You're wondering how committed is he, especially when you hear um, he's going to retire when, 
you know, the core group. I mean, we already know about the stars and scrubs, but my goodness, that makes it, um, you know, even like if you're anyone outside of that core group, you just thinking, does McVeigh value me in any way, shape or form? So I think that was, um, uh, uh, is an issue for the Rams. The other issue for the Rams is that their offensive line right now is um, LT2, LG2, the C3, RG5, RT1. That is a huge issue, and that is one of the reasons why Matthew Stafford has been getting sacked um, the number of times that uh, he has. Um, this this is a world away from when these two teams uh, met in the playoffs last year, and they were both high-octane Um and and it was uh, it turned out to be a moment of magic from Cooper Cup that ultimately managed to get the Rams over the line. Yeah, I I think I I really think this is a coin toss game because both of these teams are struggling at the moment and it's difficult to see. I think the um, Bucks will make changes to the running game because that has been abysmal. However, you know Brady's been average, but the Fox run game has been absolutely non-existent. That is something that, that they have to change. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the home advantage means the box win, but I I could I definitely could see the Rams winning it. Brian, I'm taking the Rams. Marcus taking the box. Who have you got? Well, you touched on Cam Akers, which is a very unusual story. A lot of talk that he would be traded, a lot of talk that he'd be released. Now he's back practicing and with a view to playing on Sunday. So essentially they've recognised that they've no run game. Um, they're not getting enough from Henderson and the other guys. They're going to have to bring Akers back, no matter what the differences him and, um, him and McVeigh have had. So he, you know, and when he plays and he's on his game, he is he is a reasonably good running back. I'm going to help this team to alleviate the pressure on, on, on Matthew Stafford. When Colin started calling out the RT2 and RT3, I thought he was calling out RSTV channels there for a few minutes when he went off the, off the grid there with his... Uh, in the casualties in which this offensive line has had and the casualties in which this Bucks offensive line has had. And I think ultimately, you're asking me which front seven I trust more to get to the quarterback. And that's the Rams front seven, despite the frailties in which they've shown this season as well. So I'm going to go with the Rams to win a scrappy one on Sunday as well. And put Brady right in the more trade six going into, going into Munich next week. Yeah, really disappointing about the whole Brady situation. I've had like... Not to blow a trumpet like in the in the fesh or tin whistle or something here, lots, but like I mean, loads of people are messaging me about Munich and stuff, and they haven't got tickets. Um, looking to say hello, like I I'm over there from Wednesday. Brian's over on Saturday. Column is yet to be persuaded, so do give us a shout next week. Um, I think even if really in the box do go over three and six, it's still it's still a monumental game. It's a huge moment. It's just funny that Geno Smith isn't getting any respect. They're still advertising it's like Tyler Lockett, Tom Brady game, and um, I. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, let's jump on the last game of this game week before Monday Night Football, which, which we'll look at on Monday. Uh, that is the Titans going to the Chiefs. Now, Column, at the time of recording, at, now, this is why I went with this earlier on with the uh, not sponsored Vith Hit Claxon. Our picks are in. So we're, we're not changing them at all. Malik Willis is starting for the Titans as it stands, yeah? Uh, I I believe that to to be the case. Um, the current handicap column with 
Malik Willis, and I know you're not a betting man, but the current handicap with Malik Willis, and it shows you the difference in opinions, is 12.5. So the Titans are expected to potentially lose considerably without Ryan Tannehill there, which would be interesting to say the least, because they've still got Derrick Henry, haven't they? Yes, who has been a, an enormous problem for this Chiefs team. And uh, the, the thing is, about this, this is what makes it so interesting, is that the Chiefs have been uh, favourites for the past four games against the Titans, two of which have been at Arrowhead. And yet, since 2014, the Titans are uh, 4-0 against Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Um you know, this is and the Andy Reid and the Chiefs and the Broncos simply can't beat. Um, but the, whatever um, kind of um, X the Titans have over him, they he just can't seem to find a way. And, and that is down to Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry averages um, more than 100 yards, more than 110 yards a game against them. Um, he averages more than five yards uh, a touch. And um, I think he will be a, a real problem. If you're the Chiefs, I suppose what's going to give you hope is that you are coming off the bye, and over the course of his stellar NFL career, Andy Reid is twenty and three coming off the bye. His teams are phenomenal coming off the bye. Um, Kadarius Tony obviously joined, and uh, I know your boss was writing about him uh, earlier uh, in the week, Michael. Um, I I think it's absolutely worth a, a roll of the dice. I can see why Dable um, moved him on because he's trying to change the culture with the Giants, um, but I can see why the Chiefs decided to, to take a chance because they have such a good culture um, there that they it, it doesn't matter. Even if Tony behave, behave, doesn't, doesn't get it together, they'll just move him on, right? He, or he's going to have to get it together because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have such a, a hold over that um, locker room. And look, that game against the, the Cowboys, everyone will look to that. That, that. that shows, I think, what he can do. Um, and if he can perform like that occasionally for the Chiefs, that will be enough. This, you know, we're, we're, we look around the, the league, we talk about giving your QB a weapon and how it has improved Tua, how it has improved Jalen Hurts. We talk about how Aaron Rodgers lost um, Devante Adams, but Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, the separation has worked for both. Tyreek Hill is on course for 2,000 yards, and Patrick Mahomes hasn't missed a beat. If Ryan Tannehill was in there, I would give the Titans a chance because the 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 curse that they have. Um, but with Willis starting very likely, um, I said earlier that the Falcons would break the, the curse of playing the Panthers. I'm going to say that the Chiefs managed to break the curse as well and that Andy Reid gets the victory over Mike Frable and the Titans. Brian Mark is picking the Chiefs to win. Um, it's notable because we didn't get a chance to chat to you about the whole betting angle this week about the handicap on 12, 12 and a half. That's, that's a very, very high handicap of a team that's sitting 5 and 2. And I actually had to check the Titans record um, when I went into this because a lot of you know, like a lot of people aren't talking about them, but they're 5 and 2 in the AFC at the minute. Granted, the division that they're in and nobody really expected the Colts to fall off so much, but they're still not doing too bad. They're not, but 
they're not like again, they're not overly impressive. It's they're probably we've seen Titans teams that have done really well, and even with Tannehill, offenses been explosive, but they've never really recovered offensively this season from AJ Brown being traded. Derrick Henry was, it was a bit stop start. He had a really good game last week against, let's just say, an average Texan side. And Michael, you always ask the question around whether a quarterback is ready to play in this league. Well, anybody who watched that game last week can clearly see Malik Willis is not ready to play in the NFL league. He threw the ball once in the second half. Now, whether they were using the run game because the game was comfortable, to have your quarterback only throw the ball once. And um, we, we spoke last year about the Mac Jones and the four throws and doing the Monday night, and we all had a very yeah, controversial conversation around whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. To have a quarterback coming in this first game and only throw the ball once shows where the level of ex- exp- uh, exp- the expectation is. 12.5 to me is a fair number, to be honest, bearing in mind how well the Chiefs have played recently, um, if he's the quarterback. And even if Tannehill was the quarterback, I still don't see the Titans finding a way to win this game. Uh, I think the Chiefs are a hot team. They're up there with Buffalo for a reason. There's a potentially seeing each other again in the championship game. Um, Sunday night football, coming back off a boy. No, I'm, I'm, and Tannehill didn't practice today, so it is likely the outcome will be we see Willis again on Sunday. I could see a Julian Love type game last year where they couldn't do very much and the Chiefs found the way to ease to a comfortable win. Chiefs all day for me. Even if the Chiefs, uh, sorry, even if the Titans don't have Tannehill starting on Sunday at the time of recording, hashtag no, no, no pick changing, um, I'm taking the Chiefs it. to win. I wouldn't change hmm? it anyway. No way, even with Tannehill. Tannehill hasn't played well this season either, so I'd bear that in mind as well. It's not like he's been, you know, hit the ground running and we're looking at lights out performances and we're saying, oh my God, it's a shame he's not playing. He hasn't done Yeah, he's only season. had, um, he's only had six touchdowns. Yeah. And three Tannehill. interceptions so far this season. 65, 65, I think, percent completion rate, which again shows you how sad my life is. I can recite that, which is embarrassing. Um, I think the I think the spreads and I think the spreads disrespectful when you got Derek Henry there. I have the Chiefs winning. I've got the Titans cover in the spread at twelve or twelve and a half. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, but I, I I would say that the Chiefs will win by a touchdown. Uh, don't be surprised if this game does go tight, does go close. We're still waiting for that. You know, I I, I know the Chiefs had a tight enough game against the Chargers. I can see this game being a bit a bit tighter than what we're, what we're used to, but uh, we'll see. We'll see, uh, and that is us. That's it. That's it. That's that, lads. That that's it over. There's nothing else to talk about. Literally, we can talk about. There you go. You. The uh, N- NBC NBC asked a question um, earlier on on Twitter that uh, is worth talking about. It, is Matty Ice a uh, future Hall of Famer, Michael? Yes. yes or no? He is more passing yards, I think, than Dan Marino and Eli Manning. Who's a t- who's a two-time Super Bowl champion, who's in the Hall of Fame, but he's more passing yards than Eli Manning, uh, and rest in peace to Tom Coughlin's wife as well. I haven't got a chance to say that all week on different podcasts. Um, yeah, he is absolutely. He's been a, he's been a great servant to the league, and based upon the certain people that are letting into the Hall of Fame now, he gets in no problem whatsoever. Right. Not for me. Not for me. Will he get in? Probably. Because as to, as Michael has said, they seem to be throwing a few people in there that I never would have thought. How getting. many Super Bowls Brian has Dan Marino won? Zero. And how many has Eli Manning won? Two. And are they both in the Hall of Fame? Not yet. Eli's, 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 Why do I think Eli? I mean, that's that's con- that's controversial. Is this the first year of Eli's eligibility this year, or next year? Uh, I think it's next year. Next, next year. year that'll be interesting he'll get in first time because he's a Manning him and Big Ben with rocking together 
well DeMarcus Ware didn't get like DeMarcus Ware like in terms of like his career was 90% with the Cowboys he should like call him he should have given the first time and he didn't he'll get it next year uh, the Hall of Fame I, I don't know I mean hopefully we get to go to Canton in August and see it for ourselves but uh, for me Matt Ryan is definitely definitely a Hall of Famer he might not get in for a few years but he is uh, definitely worthy of the Hall of Fame and it's funny that we're talking about, about Matt Ryan in the past tense and he's still an active quarterback in the NFL right uh, we're back Monday what? night at Two, two, two very quick things. Also, condolences, obviously, to the Zimmer family, um, and yes, to yeah. all all the Vikings fans. Um, and um, in terms of um, tonight's game, uh, obviously, the the Eagles uh, going up. And just to highlight um, to Brian and and to listeners that Jalen Hurts currently has more passing yards, more passing touchdowns, more rush rushing yards, and more rushing touchdowns than Cam Newton had in his MVP season through the first seven games. So we are uh, all meeting Christmas Eve. It is. We are all meeting. We are all meeting on Christmas Eve for this Cowboys Giants game, and we're going to live stream it. It's going to be laughing and being. I I, genuinely, the NFL have put on a cracker on Christmas Eve. That's going to be a hell of a game because I genuinely think the Eagles are going to be unbeaten going in that game. And sweet 11th Jesus. 11th of December, Michael. 11th of December, we played the Eagles. What, uh, why did I think it was Christmas Eve? Uh, they played during New Year's Day, I believe. Maybe. No, no, sorry. They played during no, last I'm week. Nearly, I'm nearly certain it's Christmas Eve. Um, um, we played the Vikings on New, on Christmas Eve. Who, who's we? The Giants. I'm talking about the Cowboys. And the, I'm talking oh, about the top I'm two teams in the NFC. Jesus Christ, Brad. They won't be unbeaten by them. We'll just stop it. I'll be sorry now. Quick before now. Big game tonight, midnight, Houston and Phil- and Philadelphia. Zerlin, Zerlin are at the, uh, against Game uh, <laughs> <laughs> 5 some, World Series. You're so buckle high, aren't you? <laughs> Jesus. Right, anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, back on Monday, half nine. Uh, keep her lit. Up to run. Have a nine, great night, nine, folks. Enjoy nine the Nine o'clock Monday. Nine o'clock Monday. <laughs> if you're an Astros fan, enjoy yourself. If you're an Eagles fan, enjoy yourself. If you're a Phillies fan, what a weird name for a team. See you on Monday. Have a good one, Texas fan. Fanatic is the best mascot in sports. No, he's not. <laughs>